You're listening to Everyday Parents, a day in the life podcast. We share the everyday routines of parents from all kinds of families. Our episodes start with getting to know each guest family, then go through their daily routine and wrap up with some reflective questions about parenting. I'm Jerome Cluck, a stay-at-home dad to our daughter, Charlie, and half of your hosting team. And I'm Caitlin Kirby, Jerome's wife, Charlie's mom, and your podcast co-host. On today's episode, we have Lauren. Lauren and her husband have a seven-month-old daughter lovingly nicknamed Sputnik. They live near Denver, Colorado, and Lauren is currently working from home while also taking care of Sputnik. Welcome, Lauren. Please tell us a little bit about your family. Um, So I'm Lauren. I am married to my husband, Jacob, and we have a seven-month-old baby girl um, who I've recently started nicknaming Sputnik. I don't really know where (laughs) that name came from. Um, She makes this sound that, to me, the word Sputnik is the perfect onomatopoeia word for whatever that sound is. And like people have heard me call her that, and they're like, um, what? Along for the ride is also our three-year-old Brittany Spaniel, who has really been um, so great with the transition of introducing a baby to our family. She's become like such a great family dog. She's still pretty high energy, but we get her out to run several times a week, and she loves chasing birds, rabbits, squirrels, you know, all the typical dog things. And uh, we live just outside of Denver, Colorado. Cool. We've got a fair amount of Denver representation on the show so far also. Nice. (laughs) Um, What is your like house and neighborhood like? Are you in like apartment, condo, single family home? We're renting a home in a subdivision uh, right now. And it's like a split level house. So three bedrooms and two and a half baths. Um, We really like our neighborhood. It's got a great... um, playground and park nearby and a big open field again for the dog to run around and it's also pretty close to a paved walking and running path that extends for several miles um, north and south up this front range here in Colorado. We definitely would love to stay here like eventually the goal is to purchase a home but that's just not in the cards uh, right now. I mean If you've talked to other folks who are in this Denver area, you know the market out this way is a little bit steep compared to the rest of the country. What do you and your husband do for work? Um, My husband works in like waterworks supply, kind of construction as well. So he is in municipal sales. Um, So if towns around the Denver area need hydrants, underground pipe, Etc. He's the guy that supplies it to them. Um, and then I work in marketing. I work here at home, um, which is great. Um, my role is with a company called Vacation Races, and we put on half marathons um, around national parks. So if you're interested in running and the outdoors, check us out. We've got lots of cool running destinations you can uh, visit. So what is your childcare situation with you working from home? Right now, she is just at home with me. I just started chatting with a gal today about, um, you know, getting some care options once or twice a week um, just to make it a little bit easier on me to get work done. Um, It's been manageable up to this point, but I'm kind of hitting that that breaking point where uh, she's more mobile and, you know, wants more engagement and attention and I can't 
keep splitting my time the way that I am, you know, working here in this office and trying to take care of her. Um, so it's, you know, it's in the works. I don't know what it's going to look like. As you guys know, childcare is pricey. Um, so we're just taking it week by week. And I'm really thankful that my job is flexible the way that it is, that I've been able to just keep her here with me, um, work odd hours. Like I usually will work until three, take a break, work on dinner. And then once she's in bed, my husband and I will hang out and then I'll maybe do another two hours of work before going to bed myself. So it's been a little uh, choppy up to this point. Has that been the, the end goal for childcare the whole time? Or like when you were pregnant, did you guys have a different vision for how that would look or? Our vision was we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> so we're kind of staying true to that. We knew that at least for the first few months, like I would, I had a three or four months of maternity leave where I was just home with her, which is great. So the last three months of me being back working, um, have been an adjustment and we knew that we didn't want to do like full-time daycare initially. Um, and we're definitely looking for more of a, a part-time, um, option. A lot of the daycares near us want you to commit five days a week, eight hours a day, which isn't ideal for what we're looking for. Um, so we're still on the hunt for something that will allow us to just do like a two day a week type of uh, setup. Is there anything significant that you want to share about pregnancy and birth? Um, we had a really awesome just experience with birth for sure. Pregnancy, like hated the first trimester. I'm definitely not one of those women that's like, oh, I loved being pregnant. Like, no, that I'm good. Like definitely want more kids, but that nine month period was challenging and a little frustrating, but we got through it. Um, I was just super sick the first trimester, but our birth experience was super awesome. We had a great care team at the hospital we were at and just felt really supported. You know, they asked a lot of like questions of just being like, hey, are you okay if we do this? If you're not, like, here are your options. And my provider, like, going into that, um, knew that I really wanted to have a more like uh, intervention free as much as possible um, birth. And I was able to get that, which was just super great. And she actually, she came two weeks early, which surprised us. Sometimes I forget that that happened. She was due on Christmas and then um, ended up being born in early December. So that was a little bit of a shock, um, but she came out healthy and everything was great. And we were just thankful to not be in a hospital on Christmas day. Who are your biggest supporters in terms of family and friends and how often do you see them? We, so neither my husband nor I or are native Coloradans. Um, I'm actually from Pennsylvania and then he's from Nebraska. Um, my sister-in-law does live here in the Denver area as well. So immediately she would be our like, biz biggest physical support emotionally and just also being there for us with anything else we need. I mean, our parents, both sets of them are super fantastic about helping us out with anything that we need. And a month ago, he called his mom up and was like, hey, 
Lauren and I are going on um, a work trip next week. We really need some extra help to just get loose ends tied up here. Can you drive out and watch the baby? Um, and someone's making noise um, <laughs> so that we could focus more time. And I, do you mind if I pause? I just heard my husband yeah. get a woman. I'm going to pass her off to him. Sounds good. All right. I have resumed recording and it looks like it's going. You mentioned before we were recording that you were kind of the first of your friends to have kids. How has that transition been? It's definitely been challenging. Like I, I, I try not to talk about our daughter too much with my friends. Like I don't want to be that person that's, you know, always talking about their, their kids to people who don't have kids and can't necessarily relate to what I'm going through. Um, but my friends have also been like incredibly supportive and also interested in just being like, what is motherhood like? Like we're not there yet. We're not married or like, and that's been cool and just really sweet of them to show an interest and give me like that outlet to talk about um, growing into this uh, motherhood role. Again, like we are far from both of our families and friend groups. And so it's very valuable and important, valuable and uh, endearing, I guess, to me that my friends are making an effort to uh, ask questions about this new phase of life that I'm in, especially since they are, you know, over a thousand miles away. Yeah, I really, I really appreciate them and their, their thoughtfulness in that. Is there anything else that you want to share about your family or your background? We love being outdoors. And so we're definitely trying to model that excitement and behavior for not only little Sputnik as we'll call her, and then any future kids that we hope to have as well. Yeah, I think our, I mean, we're new to this, but in the conversations we've had about our parenting styles and interests, um, we definitely want to lead by example um, as much as we can, more so than just saying like, hey, do this, do that. Like, I just don't think that that's an ef as effective way of parenting your your children and it's going to be hard like I catch myself you know getting frustrated at three in the morning and it's like okay like gotta calm down take a break myself and know that you know she doesn't know what's going on it's like we are her whole world at this point and it's a very very humbling experience for sure is the outdoors what brought you to Colorado Actually, my husband's work brought him out here. So he got the job and that's what um, brought us out this way. But the outdoors are certainly a positive perk. How did the two of you meet since you grew up in different places? We actually met online on Bumble um, hey. in 2020. So we've just been together for a little over three years. He, I was living in Pittsburgh at the time and he was as well. His friend was going to law school there. Um, and the friend was like, Hey, I'm going to be going to law school. You're kind of in the middle of things with your life. You want to just move out of Nebraska and do something different for a bit. And he said, Hey, sure. And so that's how we connected, um, online. And we went on our first date before the city closed down for the pandemic 
and um, spent our summer just going on hikes and camping trips together since nothing else was open and available. (laughs) That's a good use of pandemic time, for sure. I think so, too, for sure. All right. Well, I'm excited to hear about what the baby days have been like for you and your husband. Um, What time does your day start and what happens first? Lately, our day has been starting around 7 a.m. That's usually when I hear her wake up and I'll go in and grab her out of the crib. Is she in her own room then? She is in her own room. So my initial hope was to keep her in our room for the first six months. And then she got to be three and a half months old. And I was like, I cannot do this anymore. She, I was just waking up every hour. She was getting too, or too small, too large for her bassinet. And it was just, it wasn't working out anymore. So I feel like that's one thing we've done well so far as new parents is changing our plan and not being too stuck to, you know, what our initial hopes and dreams were. Um, so we moved her at around three and a half months, um, to her own room in a larger crib. And that went well initially until she hit five months old. And between then and this past weekend, it's been a struggle with sleep. All of a sudden the last three nights she's decided to sleep through the night. And I'm like really hesitant to even share that. Like (laughs) I might jinx it, but (laughs) I'm going to take it as a win, at least for a short amount of time. Yeah, so uh, what does she want to do first thing when she wakes up? Um, Definitely eat. So I get her up, I change her diaper, get her all clean and dry. Then we nurse for about 20 minutes. And from there, we'll do a little bit of playtime and just hanging out. Um, I'll usually make breakfast and hold her while I make breakfast. Just kind of let her observe and see what's going on. I'll talk to her. Um, if we're making eggs, like narrate what making scrambled eggs is like. She loves our dog so much. So usually she gets a good laugh or giggle um, watching Georgia, who is the dog, um, eat her morning food or run around in the backyard. Um, and then I typically start work um, around like 8.30 or 9 in the morning. I have a little like play gym set up next to my desk and baby will hang out there. I'll engage with her like every 20-ish minutes or so. Um, Sometimes she's just sitting on my lap and watching what I'm doing um, on the computer. When does Jacob leave? Oh, Jake, I sleep. I'm sleeping when Jake leaves. (laughs) Oh, wow. He leaves usually at like six in the morning. So he works pretty long days, like 10 or 12 hours days. Like I think today he left at 530. But yeah, he's normally up and at him before I'm out of bed. I usually get up like 45 minutes to an hour after he leaves. What's her nap schedule like? She naps from 10 to noon and then two to four and then a little cat, cat nap in the evening from like six to six thirty or so. Oh, so she's taking two hour naps. She is. I'm pretty, pretty lucky with that. The other day she slept for three solid hours and I was like, homegirl needs it. Like she is exhausted. Like 
because she only slept an hour for the first one and then the second one mm. she wanted that full three and i was like well you know they say not to let them sleep for more than two hours but so she's doing like two and a half naps now basically yeah uh when did she step down to two she's only she's only ever done two i could never get her to take three full naps tried and tried but it was not something that that worked for us okay so i guess the two hours makes a little more sense then yeah yeah okay. the when we try three hour or three naps in the past that third one would be like piddly like 30 minutes and it's just like okay maybe that's just not you know her rhythm her interest so you know i de- it helps me to have a schedule just with having her at home with me and working but at the same time I still try to be more like responsive to her and cueing into uh what her her needs are um it's yeah a little bit of a give and take um but I think we're figuring it out I finally feel like we're in a a good coasting spot you know you say that one week and it changes the next but um all right so what does like nap time routine look like for that first nap i mean i assume it's similar for all of them and then um what do you do while she's napping in the morning what i do is pretty easy it's get some like actual deep focus work done it instead of more like menial or simple tasks and then our routine um isn't overly elaborate um, I'll feed her, make sure she's got a clean and dry diaper on, flip that around. I check her diaper first, then feed her, put her in her sleep sack, depending on the temperature of her room, either a sleeveless one or a sleeved one. And then I'll just set her down, whether she's awake or not. And that is one thing I've been really fortunate with she, ever since I've been able to get her to nap. She's been a good napper. Sometimes she'll fuss for about five minutes, but then she's out. So friends will ask like, oh, how is her sleeping? I was like, daytime sleep, fantastic. Nighttime sleep, again, up until four days ago, terrible. <laughs> she's an angel in terms of those day naps. Like, I got to give her that. I'm sure that's made working easier for you. Definitely. And I think that's her ability to nap during the day is one of the main reasons I've been able to hold off um, getting some any sort of child care for her up until this point. Um, it's definitely, like you said, made it made it a lot more manageable. So what happens next? Wake her up, feed her again. Um, you wake her up? Well, no, I hear her wake up usually. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, was, hold on, hold everything. You're like, hold the phone, what? <laughs> Um, no, normally I'll hear her wake up. I'll check the baby monitor and see what she's up to. If she's content, just kind of like playing with herself, I'll let her play in there for like 15 minutes or so, and then go in and, and grab her feed her, And then I'll check her diaper, go hang out with the dog again. I like to get us outside at least twice a day, um, just to get some fresh air and sunshine, depending on the weather, we'll go for a walk or maybe we'll just sit outside um, and I'll have lunch with her outdoors. Um, Again, being in Colorado, we're pretty blessed with great, great climate year round. Um, This week it's finally gotten hot and been in the 90s. So 
we got one of those little blow up pools and I've filled it with water. So sometimes we'll go out and splash around in there with her for a little bit under the shade and then come back in and I'll go back to work. My personal like brain isn't the most functional after lunchtime, like between one and three. So I usually save like smaller tasks to do then, or that's a time that um, it's a good wake window for her. So I'll go out and get groceries or run other errands, um, get back home. Like I said, around two-ish is when she typically takes her afternoon nap. So three o'clock would definitely be pushing it for her, but sometimes she is awake and content and I can get her to stay awake that long if I'm out running, running errands. Like I said, if she falls asleep in the car seat, so be it. I'll just take her out and transfer her to the crib when we get home. And that works? Like she'll sleep through the transfer? Um, It's like 50-50. Sometimes she'll sleep through the transfer. If she doesn't, I'll just let her stay up for, um, it seems to be about like another 30 or 40 minutes. Like as soon as I see her rub her eye, and I'm like, okay, you're ready to for us to try going back in the crib again. Um, and she is usually good about it and doesn't really, doesn't fight it. Um, which I'm, again, thankful for. Like, I don't know what I did to uh, draw that good straw, but I must have done something right. (laughs) Um, And then after that afternoon nap, I usually bring her down with me, you know, start dinner and wait for my husband to come home. He doesn't always work until 6 or 6.30 our time. Um, He's usually home about 5.30 here. I'll pass her off to him. They hang out for a bit. We eat dinner as a family. Is she eating salads yet? She is. We started doing some uh, purees at like five and a half months. So right now we're doing a mix of baby led weeding and purees um, with her. And dinner time's the pretty much the only time that she gets uh, solid food. Throughout the day, she's just getting breast milk. Does she do bottles at all? Like, are you able to pump and then leave her with Jake? Or is it mom on duty every few hours? It's mostly mom on duty. I have tried to pump and it is one of those things that's just really, really challenging for me. I don't respond well to it. I have, I think, like three bags of milk in the freezer and those are all just recent ones. Um, But that's been the most mentally difficult part about being a mom is like feeling like I don't have enough to give her because it seems like she drinks more from a bottle than she would nursing and I don't know if that is true or not but that's at least how I'm perceiving it and so that's been really hard and frustrating for about I don't know three or four weeks anytime I tried to pump I would only get half an ounce of milk total and it was like very disheartening So we recently decided to introduce one formula bottle in the evening, like right before bed to just help give her enough to eat. Cause I, I felt like part of the reason she was waking up so much in the middle of the night, which I know we haven't really talked much about that, but I've alluded to a few times um, was that she just wasn't getting enough to eat or that she, you know, she was waking up hungry. It's been about two weeks of giving her a formula bottle in the evening. 
I am noticing that she's sleeping a little bit longer for that first stretch during the night. Um, and then, like I said, the last three or four nights, she's actually slept through um, the entire night for the first time since she was born, which I'm like, oh. <laughs> Did you wake up and like panic when you realized it was like 6 a.m. or whatever? No, my mother-in-law asked me the same thing. She's like, I bet you still woke up. And I was like, no, I was just so tired. <laughs> I was like, I think my body was like, okay, out. Yeah, such a relief to experience that. Even if it's only for like one night at a time, it's like, oh, it's still like, I can still feel rested. This can still happen. Right, right, exactly. So what um, is the evening routine after dinner? Evening routine is pretty similar to naps, but we try to do prayer time as a family before bed as well. We probably give her a bath maybe like three times a week. So it's not a, it's not part of our regular routine, um, but it's like, you know, an occasional um, event. She really enjoys it. Um, now that it's summertime, we've been trying to do another like outdoor pool session with her right after dinner for like, hmm. 15 minutes or so, like that golden hour window where the sun isn't beating down and the mosquitoes also aren't out yet, um, which has been really fun. What is her movement like right now? She is sitting on her own and then we're practicing holding herself up like in that crawling position, but definitely not, not crawling yet. She can only hold herself up for like two or three seconds. She can roll both sides, um, but still gets frustrated if she gets stuck on her stomach. I think it's harder for her to go from belly to back. Um, so sometimes you'll just hear her get cranky and mad that she can't get herself back to her back. Um, but it's really cute watching her sit in front of her mirror that's on the ground. Like she looks so proud of herself. And I'm like, yeah, you go, girl. You got it. <laughs> I mean, you've you've talked a bit about it, but what have nighttimes overnights been like typically? Um, so I'll talk about the typical. Um, I normally we would put her down around eight, and then we went through, I would say, over a month period where that first hour she would just be inconsolable and crying, crying, crying. We're like, okay, well maybe she's not ready for bedtime at eight. Um, cause she was taking a longer, that cat nap I talked about earlier was a little bit longer in the evening. So like, maybe she's too awake. So we tried nine o'clock and that worked for like three nights. And then she went back to being more inconsolable. So between bedtime of like eight and nine o'clock, she would usually sleep for anywhere between 30 and 60 minutes and then wake up wailing. And we'd go in and, you know, do all the different methods. I would try to either nurse her back to sleep or we would do shush and pat and like calm her down and then leave the room again. Um, you know, we would try to be consistent for a few days in a row to see if anything would stick and work. And, you know, consistently nothing worked except for nursing her. So a lot of the time the burden just ended up being back on me, which was challenging and my husband would feel bad, but he was great and would just you know, we'd all just sit in the dark room together and <laughs> try to get the Aww. get her to fall back asleep. And so I feel like we would eventually usually get her to go down, down 
around 10.30 or so. And then she would wake back up around 1 and then 3 and then 4.30 or 5. How long would the middle of the night wake-ups be? The middle of the night wake-ups were fortunately pretty brief. Um, They'd be anywhere between like 8 and 20 minutes. So I normally could get her to go back down or my husband could get her to go back down. But those, if it was before 1 a.m., it was going to be a struggle to get her to calm back down. Yes, those nights were hard, but the benefit is that she wasn't waking up early. Like she would sleep in until eight or nine if I, you know, and I'm sure she would have kept sleeping if I let her, but that was one of those situations where I was like, okay, I don't want her to like sleep until noon and then have us like a totally misaligned uh, sense of sense of day and night. So I normally would go in and wake her up by nine o'clock in the morning, just cause like, mm, I don't know if I, <laughs> I trust where this is going. Yeah, but so she's done like three sets or three nights now of sleeping through? Three nights of sleeping through. And I was talking to my mom the other day and she said, well, once you, meaning me, started to sleep through the night around this age, she was like, you just kept doing it. And she's like, maybe, you know, she'll do the same thing. And I was like, I hope that you're right. Like, I really, really do. I forgot just how many decisions you had to make when you were dealing with a baby that won't sleep and like not only are you super tired but like four or five times a night you have to make decisions about what should i do oh man and like we make entirely different decisions now at our daughter's age but just listening to you have to describe all this my hat goes off to you thank you i i appreciate that i saw something online recently i think that just like helped me helps me mentally deal with those middle of the night wake ups. It's like, okay, like every time your baby's up and crying in the middle of the night, like you go get them. It's like, there are like, sadly, there are children in the world that cry and don't have anyone to answer them. And I was like, well, okay. I mean, I saw that at three in the morning and I was just like heartbroken, bawling, like holding my own baby. But I was like, that is true. So as hard as it is, like I try to be thankful that I have, a little girl to love and hold uh, in that moment, even if it is, you know, hard and frankly frustrating at times. Yeah, for me, the hardest part was always just like the waking up, hearing her and then getting out of bed. Mm -hmm. And then like once we were snuggled up like in her room and she's falling back asleep, I was like, okay, this isn't that bad. Um, unless she decided to be up for like way longer than, you know, the 20 minute normal kind of wake ups. But right, right. It can be some tenderness in those moments. For sure. For sure. I don't know if you felt feel, felt similarly when your your girl was younger, but, you know, even just waking up in the morning for the day and seeing, you know, their face, it's like, oh, OK, that almost like erases all of that negative uh all those negative feelings you have in the middle of the night I mean yeah it hits very differently at like 3 a.m and 9 a.m or 7 a.m exactly because I'll tease my husband I'll be like I think I'm ready for another baby and then I'll like (laughs) text him in the middle of the night I'll just be like reminder like it's 3 a.m I'm angry and frustrated like I'm not ready (laughs) so he'll always like pull those up 
you know, whatever, it's like 6 p.m. And I'm like, oh no, she's so sweet and so great. And he's like, mm, that's not what you were saying like nine hours ago or 14 or whatever. Um, okay, so I was doing a little, uh, taking some notes as you were laying out your family here. And I, I have a question about Georgia. Mm-hmm. Was Georgia your dog or Jake's dog? Well, yeah, she was my dog, but I have to credit Jake with uh, finding her. So I had been talking, you know, we were dating. I had been talking about wanting to get a Brittany. Um, and we were in Pennsylvania in the Harrisburg area to, to visit my parents for the weekend. I think it was Labor Day weekend of 2020 or 21, 2020. Yeah, I was like, I don't, again, I was like, my years are all, all jumped, jumbled up. Um, and we were driving to my family's cabin and he saw a sign in the dark that said, Brittany puppies for sale. And he was like, hey, that house has Brittany's. And I was like, what? I was like, we have to go back and check it out tomorrow in the morning. We did. And that's how I found Georgia, but she was, was my dog. I had her with me and trained her. Um, when I got her, I wasn't working at the time, which was great because I was able to just like dedicate time to getting her house trained and, you know, doing good recall so that I could send her off leash and have her come back to me if we were out in the woods. Um, but she's taken really well to, to Jake. He's always been in the picture with her, if you will. Um, and yeah, she's just the sweetest that we love her so much. And then when you found out you were pregnant, did you have any doubts about how she would handle a baby? No, no, no doubts on how she would handle it. Um, I was more so concerned with myself. I was like, wow, I love this dog so much. Like, I feel guilty knowing that I'm not going to be able to give her as much attention once our baby is here. And so that's, that has been a hard adjust, adjustment. You know, I know that George is not getting as much attention as she um, used to, um, which still makes me sad. My coworker was like, get a second dog. Cause that's what they did. And I was like, I don't know if I can commit to that. <laughs> Hello, listeners. Caitlin here, just popping in to remind you that we do have a Patreon where you can subscribe for $3 a month to receive video episodes of the show. I know, I know, there's so many subscriptions out there now, and it is a lot to just even mentally go through the thought process of adding another one. So don't. Never mind. This ad's over. <laughs> Jerome here, just hopping on to remind you that sometimes simpler is better and if you can get the milk for free then my god why pay for the cow back to the episode but i mean it does help us support the show and like i don't know support the arts or something we got a pretty skinny cow here help us fatten the cow <laughs> eventually the milk will go bad <laughs> I don't know if that's it's not, a, it's not a threat. Biologically accurate metaphor. We'd like to wrap up every podcast by giving our guests three questions. I'll give them to you all up front, and you can answer them in whichever comes to you first. So okay. what would you say has been your biggest parenting win lately? What would you say has been your biggest parenting challenge? 
And then when you are not in full parent mode, what do you like to do to take time for yourself? The win is an easy one. I've got to say it's the consistent sleeping the last few nights. Whether it's anything I did or not, it is a win. The biggest challenge has been we've done a lot of traveling already this summer, and a lot of them are just short weekend trips um, with long hours of driving. So just spending a lot of time in the car with the baby um, and you know having her trying to sleep in new places and just getting used to being off a schedule and going here and there and everywhere. That's definitely been the biggest challenge. Like those weekend trips are great because we get to hang out with family. Um, but they're also hard because she's, you know, more fussy than normal for sure. What is she like in the car? She will usually sleep for maybe about half of it. And normally that's like front loaded. And then toward the back half, um, she gets a lot more agitated and, you know, wanting to get out. And I mean, I don't blame her. I want to get out and stretch my legs too. So I normally crawl in the back with her and just play games and entertain her. Um, or if I'm driving, my husband will do the same thing. But when we go back to Nebraska, it's about an eight hour drive to his family. Have um, you left time zones yet? Isn't there one in the middle of Nebraska or am I wrong? There is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. How did she handle the time change? Fine. <laughs> Wow. No, not fine. Definitely oh. not. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, like a month ago, we went back uh, for a baptism and that was probably one of the worst weekends I oh. had in a long time. I mean, she was, I talked about her being up at like one, three and five. Like it was like every 45 minutes instead of every two hours. It was particularly um, challenging, but we got through it and um, at the end of the weekend, we were both kind of like, never again. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then we had to we had to do it again two weeks later. <laughs> well, at least you could brace yourself for it this time. Next yeah, time. exactly. Um, exactly. So, so what do you like to do for yourself when you're not in charge of Sputnik? Sputnik. Um, when I'm not in charge of Sputnik, I, I'm trying to get back into running. I've always been a runner. And so kind of more so casually doing that. Um, but what I would say I enjoy even more than that is painting and drawing. Um, I was never one of those kids that did like soccer or group sports as a kid. I'm also not very coordinated, um, but I took art lessons. And so art has always been a big interest of mine. Um, I really enjoy watercolor, um, particularly doing landscapes with them. If I'm drawing, I really like to draw people, but those mediums and subjects don't, don't intersect. I'm not really interested in doing watercolors of people um, or sketching landscapes. And I also think that's just a little bit of the nature of the subjects as well and how I like to portray them. At the beginning of the year, my husband and I set like personal goals of hobbies and we wanted to spend more time doing each of our hobbies. And we realized six months into the year, neither of us had dedicated time to them. And we were like, oh shoot, like we should probably actually put time on the calendar to do them. Um, and so I'm giving myself even just half an hour a week of art time to play around with color theory and get back into something I love. Denver lends itself quite nicely to landscapes and running. Definitely. I know it's a great place to be for both of those things. Oh, good for you. Uh, mm-hmm. What about Jake? What are some of his hobbies? What does he get up to when he's not... He really enjoys fitness and just like lifting. 
Um, he also um, grew up duck hunting. So he would like to train our dog, Georgia, since she's a Brittany, she's a field dog. Um, try to get her some training to do like pheasant and quail hunting since we're out here in, um, you know, central and eastern Colorado. There's tons of grasslands around. And I think he would just like to spend time getting her out in the field, um, teaching her some things. Even if she's never a good hunting dog, it's good practice for him for the future. It's beautiful. Lauren, thank you so much for taking some time to share a day in your life and your family with us. <laughs> thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to talk with both of you. Lauren and Sputnik. When she had first said Sputnik, uh, well, when I hear Sputnik, I, I think of, you know, that it was the first satellite that we put into space. Yes. It didn't occur to me that the onomatopoeia of it all. Um, but I thought it was like an allegory for uh, their daughter being their first satellite <laughs> out into <laughs> the greater world. Yeah, and then that's... she was like, oh, she just makes a sound that sounds like spot. I was like, yeah. all right, I'm overthinking it. You went deep with it. Yeah. I um, love that. So like last episode was your sister, Becca, and they have like a seven, eight month old. And then this is a seven month old. And like their nap time routines and like habits are just completely different. Like there's just no rhyme or reason to it. So if you're listening to this and stressed out about your baby's nap schedule or habits or whatever, it's not your fault. It's frustrating how irregular and like there's nothing you can do about it, you know, like. I'd sign up for another kid if you could guarantee me a little regularity on the napping front. Now, I know I'm sure there's more to take into consideration than just that, but... It's amazing how complicated, like, just the combination of, like, feeding and sleeping that babies need. Because that, Lauren shared, like, anxieties around that, too, in terms of, like, producing enough breast milk and introducing formula. And, I like, we had our own struggles with, like, Charlie would not take a bottle. Or, like, there are plenty of babies with, like allergies and stuff like uh laura from one of our early episodes like it just is complicated 